as we prepare to hear God's word and listen to sermon and celebrate communion, let's first pray for a prayer um, of illumination so that God would open our hearts and minds. Christ, you are the light of the world in whom there is no darkness, and you chase away all the darkness of this world and our lives. But you also are like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, particularly when we enter scripture. And so I pray today that as we enter your word and hear your word spoken, that we would um, see you in hearing your word, know which way to walk and how to walk, how to speak and act so that we represent you well in this world. So come Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. This is a reading from Romans chapter six. The headline is Dying and Rising with Christ. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. And this is a reading from John, chapter 12, verses 23 through 26. Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, 
there remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. This is a reading of the Lord. Let's pray. God of grace, as we reflect on your words to us this day, may your spirit be springing new life in us, that we may hear what it is you desire us to hear, and may live in your way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we jump into our scripture passage for today, I think it's necessary that we review a little of what we heard last week. If you didn't hear Pastor Garrett's sermon, um, you can listen to it either on the church website or on iTunes. This is a shameless plug here for our sermons online. Pastor Garrett preached a faithful and creative sermon where he put some of Paul's words in the book of Romans into his own words. The heart of the book of Romans, in Pastor Garrett's words, is this. Hi, Romans. I'm Paul of Tarsus. God created us. We divided us. And God fixed us. The heart of the gospel, or the good news of Christianity, is that God created us in goodness and in love. God created us to be in relationship with God and to follow God's ways. God even helped us to do this. God gave us written laws and followed the written story of God's work among God's people in the Bible. These commandments and stories were intended to guide us to live as followers of God in harmony and love with one another. But... The next part of the story is that we divided us. We divided ourselves from each other and from God. How, may you ask? It's because we're not perfect people. Try as we may, we could not live up to God's law. We are selfish, greedy, violent, and much more. Even on our best days, we don't live into the fullness of love that God calls us to. This not living up to what God calls us to is called sin. Sin separates us from God and the goodness and design that God created us for. But the good news is, even though that God created us and we divided us, God fixed us. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 5. But God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him. 
We even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is even though we are caught up in the tight net of sin, Jesus frees us, forgives us, and reconciles us to God. It is not through our own doing that we are saved and forgiven. If it would be up to us, all hope would be lost. But it is through the power and love of Jesus that we are reconciled to God. Because of Jesus, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can now separate us from God's love. Paul puts it this way later in Romans chapter 8. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? It is God who justifies, then who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, and who is at the right hand of God who intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The good news of the gospel is that because of Jesus, because of his life, death, and resurrection, there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from God, not even our sin. Thanks be to God. So it's after receiving this good news that we're ready to reflect on our scripture passage for today. You heard the passage as it begins like this. What, then, are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? Martin Luther has a famous quote which is translated, Love God and sin boldly. People have often taken his sentiment a bit out of context to say, well, if there's nothing that can separate us from God's love, including our sin, why shouldn't we sin all the more? In fact, if we sin all the more, then God's grace can abound more. This sentiment is exactly what Paul is addressing in our passage today. Paul says in full context, here again his words. What then are we to say? Should we continue in our sin in order that grace by abound? By no means. How can we who have died in sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised by the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. According to Paul, our unshakable forgiveness through Christ does not allow us to live in bondage to sin anymore. Yes, we have been justified and saved through Christ, and that is unshakable. But now, because we are saved and claimed in Christ, we are called to sanctification. Sanctification is a theological term. Perhaps it's one you haven't heard of before. Its root is the Greek word hasio, which means to set apart. In other words... Now that we have been justified and saved through Jesus, we are called to set apart our lives for God's purpose. This weekend I was talking with my father on the phone. He's a really wise man, one of the spiritual giants in my life that have contributed to my faith formation over time. He always asks what I'm preaching on when we talk on the phone, and as we were talking about this passage from Romans together, he had a really great line that I wanted to share with you. He said, grace is granted, but shouldn't be taken for granted. Sanctification is all about living in the way that God calls us to. This includes letting go of sin, So, perhaps, to understand more of sanctification, it might be good to explore a little bit more about what sin means. Sin is one of those big Christian churchy words. At its base, sin means missing the mark. It's actually an archery term that describes what happens when we don't hit the bullseye of living as God desires us to. Last Sunday, um, I didn't have the privilege of worshiping with you all. I was attending a wedding, and so I went to another church when I was out on the coast of Massachusetts. Um, I went to United uh, Church of Christ, and I talked with their pastor after the service. Oddly enough, he gave me a copy of a sermon that he had recently preached to a group of pastors. It was a pretty theological, meaty sermon. It It was pretty good, truthfully. In his sermon, he mentioned a new definition of sin that I hadn't heard before. The definition is from a man named Paul Tillich. He wrote in his sermon, One of Tillich's definitions that seems to resonate with many people is concerning the word sin. He actually underscored that far more important than a list of sins, plural, is the, quote, state of sin defined as a sense of estrangement, a sense of estrangement. In other words, sin is more than just a list of do's and do nots. A more holistic definition of sin might mean anything that keeps us estranged and separated from God. With this definition, it makes sense to me why sanctification is so important. Because if we are united with Christ, 
Why would we want to continue in anything that would continue to estrange us from God's ways? Paul uses this language of being united with Christ both in his death and in his rising. Sin must also be put to death in us so that we can live in the freedom of how God desires and calls us to. When I think about this image of dying to sin and becoming alive in Christ, there are several images that come to mind for me. But the two that are most prominent that I want to share with you are these. A child with closed fists and a seed planted in the ground. Dying to sin and becoming alive in Christ is like a child with closed fists. Imagine with me for a second a small child of, say, four or five years old. This child is dependent on their parent for love, to know right and wrong, and to survive. The picture that I have in my head is of a child who has their hands closed tight around some sort of treasure that has caught their eye. Maybe it's a rock or a frog, or a toy that they stole from their sibling. The child is so enamored with this thing that they're holding on to it so that they can't open their hands and let go of this thing, even if their parent has something else to place in their hands, something life-giving and good like only a parent can know, like a piece of bread that will nourish or a cup of cold water that will satisfy. Sanctification is like that. We are the child, holding on to fervently to the sin which we know and seems good to us. God is our parent, offering us the gift of nourishment, calling, and life with God. Sanctification involves opening our hands for God to take away our sin from us so that we are free to receive the good gifts and calling that God is giving to us. The second picture that I have for you is this. Dying to sin and becoming alive in Christ is like a seed that is planted in dark soil. Now when a seed is planted, it's almost like a burial. There, hidden in the moist dark, it sits waiting for new life. Sometimes death has to occur in us before new life can spring forth. God is always the one who flowers new life in us, not us. Sanctification is like a seed. God is the one who grows new life in us, even in the darkness. Perhaps you resonate with either of these images. If you resonate with the image of the child, what is it that you are longing for God to take from your closed hands? What is it that you are longing for God to give you in return? Offer these desires to God, for God works new life in us and gives good gifts to God's children. If you resonate more with the image of the seed, 
What darkness are you currently sitting in? What new life are you longing for? Offer these desires to God, for God works new life in us and gives good gifts to God's children. Friends, the good news about this work of sanctification, which includes dying to sin and coming alive in Christ, is the work is not something that we ourselves do. God works in us through the Holy Spirit. God is the one who equips us to live this holy calling to which we are called. The second good news about this work of sanctification is that the work of it will never be finished until Jesus comes back. Unfortunately, we will never be able to obtain perfection. We will keep on sinning, and Jesus will keep on forgiving us and making us new. This is good news because it reminds us that we can exhale in God's presence. We can be imperfect. God alone is the perfect one, and God forgives and renews us daily. Tillich, that theologian I mentioned earlier, describes the central experience of grace as accepting that you are accepted. When we gather in worship every Sunday, there's a lot of different things that we do as part of our worship liturgy. Each of them has a purpose. The prayer of confession and receiving God's assurance of forgiveness is an intentional act of sanctification. In confession and forgiveness, we acknowledge before God that we're not perfect. And we ask God for forgiveness and strength to live in God's ways. In confession and forgiveness, we receive God's abundant grace, which gives us inspiration to live in the way that God is calling us. Confession and assurance is truthfully one of my favorite parts of our worship service together, because it's a time where I can be really authentic and vulnerable before God and receive God's love and forgiveness, even in all my imperfections. Dear friends, the good news of the gospel is that God forgives. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus. And in that grace, we are called to live lives that glorify God in all that we say and do. Daily, we are called to let go of sin and dance in the freedom that Christ gives us. This is God's work within us. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that through your work, there is nothing that can separate us from God. We know that we are imperfect people, and we pray for your grace to daily live in the hope of your forgiveness and in the joy that you call us to, to live in ways that love our neighbor and love you. Guide us, we pray, on this journey of being your disciples. Amen.